Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by Caliber Mind. This is the podcast for B2B marketers looking to uplevel their skills to succeed in leadership. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and today I am joined by Z Jeremick. Z, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, hi, everyone. My name is Z Jeremick. I am the CEO of Mass Engines. Uh, we are a RevOps and Demand Gen agency. I've been in this space for, I feel like, for about 15 years and absolutely loving it. I just love the how quickly technology and marketing is changing and constantly having to adapt. It's uh, It's fun. So, yeah. I'm, I'm glad some of us love change because not all people do. <laughs> it's just the fact of life. And speaking of some people not loving things, I would love to hear from you whether you've noticed the same thing. Some, not all, definitely not all. Creative types claim they don't understand or don't want to deal with numbers. Do you see that with marketers at all? Yeah, all the time. You can go into elementary school and you know f- find the the kids who are drawing my, my daughter loves to draw you know and so yeah it's like and, and it's vice versa my son excels at math but at the same time it's like yeah you know drawing is not as strong type so yeah we're simplifying things but i, I think it's pretty universal in terms of pre- preferences and proclivities and how people lean yeah and i'm the type of person who believes maybe naively that if we practice enough at anything, like it, very few of us are naturally good at everything and enough repetition, I think we can learn and adapt, even if it's not something that strikes us as easy to do out of the gate. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's why I said proclivities. It's like there's things that we tend to lean towards either because they're it's interesting to us or because we're good at it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that other things that may be important to us are not worth the effort. And it just might might mean a little more effort. The reason why I wanted to start there, and that's as close to psychology as we're going to get other than maybe the phrase pattern matching. But the reason why I wanted to start there is I really want to encourage people to challenge themselves to get out of their comfort zones Because I think, see, you and I have noticed with the evolution of marketing and data and technology that understanding and communicating your data as a marketing leader is becoming more and more critical. Yes. And just like, just like with most, in most, with most things that change it, every year that goes by, it becomes more important. It spreads certain things are just inevitable in terms of how the world is leaning. And the reality is I think now more than ever with the changing kind of the economic conditions and money being a lot tighter, again, we're entering, we're entering the downslope, but there's a lot more pressure on marketers to defend their budgets. And the best and easiest way to defend your budget is to be able to quantify the value that you're adding to the organization beyond the events and the, you know, and the, the content that's being put out, the campaigns, let's quantify. And I think that's where the pressure is, quantify the impact that you're making for the organization. So when you coach people who maybe aren't comfortable, where do you have some like easier places you recommend they start? Yes. I mean, I, yeah, it's, there's so many different places to start. I would say like anything else, right? Things that you're uncomfortable with, go in the shallow end of the pool. You don't jump straight. I mean, there is that school that says, you know, you, you throw someone into the deep end, but 
you know, it's an unco- it's going to be an uncomfortable experience for most, even if it, if it's effective. So, what what I usually advise, and I think we as an organization has found works much better, is to have a gradual approach. You know, whether you know you call it crawl, walk, run, or create phases. And usually, the first phase, the most the easiest phase, is you start looking to quantify some basics, <laughs> right? So. You know, most organizations, I mean, I find every organization on the marketing side, when we look at uh, digital or even some traditional uh, marketing, they can quantify engagement. So we can quantify uh, ad impressions, ad clicks. They can quantify number of people at a trade show, for example. Um, so, okay, so how do we move one step beyond that? And the number of organizations already have that in place, but the next step beyond that is, number of leads, how many leads did we generate? So I, I feel like that's, and again, if you already are doing that, great. So what's the next step from there? So the next step from there, it would be, and again, we're talking kind of easy uh, or easier, is try to quantify how many of the leads that are generated. Let's say, let's to start, we're not discarded by sales. So we're not disqualified. That's a start. And even better would be to, can we figure out how many of them were converted? Right. Or, or, or again, we all know it, it can be difficult. Sometimes sales doesn't always convert our leads. So if you can't get to a conversion, get to a, a, a stage, like maybe they, they move to connected or conversation. Right. So the, these are kind of the steps that we take. So how do we get from engagement to leads, even if they're cold leads, then how, and again, if they're, if we do differentiate cold leads to warm leads, because warm leads are presumably MQLs, and then how do we actually move one step further and try to quantify how many of those leads actually the sales actually had a conversation with? And again, the, the dream is to be able to connect it to opportunities. And there's actually things you can do. I would say that's more kind of in the second or third phase where you actually try com- connecting to opportunities. Because once you can connect to opportunities, now you're connecting to revenue. And that's ultimately, that's the language of the executive. That's the language of, ROI, of finance. It's the language of ROI. Yes. And I think some areas I've been surprised at are, well, I've been surprised when I ask marketing teams whether or not they're paying attention to pipeline and bookings, how many times they hear no. And to me, that's also a really great place to flex and start looking at. I've had people ask me how I knew we were going to miss our pipeline number. And I my response is always, well, it's because of how often I, I look at it. You start to understand what normal pipeline build behavior is and when the sales team cares about it versus when they're more focused on closing. And the same thing happens when you look at bookings. So in a lot of organizations with a quarterly goal, the sales team is more focused on closing in the third month. And in the first month is when they can really dedicate time to perhaps building pipeline. So I think it's really important for people to look at those numbers regularly because marketers do have some leverage they can pull to help salespeople hit that pipeline number when they're behind. Absolutely. And I feel like it's, it's in those types of situations and interactions where, again, easy versus hard, that kind of can also be a part of phase one in that because if you want to tie yourself to revenue and to ROI or at least get closer to pipeline, sales is a critical component because they stand between marketing leads and pipeline and revenue. 
And so using those uh, opportunities to interact, right? That um, that's a good op- that's a good place to start the conversation around how did that lead do? The reality is the salespeople are busy, and this is something that marketers fundamentally don't understand. For salespeople, time is money because they have quotas and they are compensated. Most sales reps have at least thirty to fifty percent of their of their income tied to quota. So for them, time is money and they don't want to be sitting there on the phone telling you how every lead did. It becomes very easy to say, we want, we know some of those leads are not the best. They might be a bit cold. They may not be ready. We are doing things on our side to improve the quality. What's going to help us is to understand of the ones that we send you, which ones convert and which ones don't, or which ones end up in a connection and which ones don't. And so literally even just using a simple disqualification, like again, in most systems, Salesforce, et cetera, you can just have a little disqualification status or a status that indicates SAL, SQL, connected, whatever it might be, whether something happened with it. And that can become an automated feedback loop because once they set something in their sales CRM, you can pull reports in CRM, you can pull that data into your market automation system and have it already there. So we can take those steps and that's a very small step in almost any rep. If you tell them you're going to give them better leads is going to say, great, what do I need to do? Oh, you just need to set. Yeah, no problem. We'll do that. I've made this mistake. We, I think as an organization have made this mistake of looking at trying to drive wholesale transformation. And so going back to the beginning of what you said is like, people hate change. People hate change. Mm-hmm. And the bigger the organization, the more people there are, the more resistant the organization is to change. So when you try to drive wholesale transformation, more than often than not, you're going to end up hitting a wall and you're not going to be able to move past that wall. And what actually is, tends to be much more effective is to do gradual change. So, you know, you, if, if you want to turn 90 degrees, it actually, that's hard and takes time. But if you turn one degree at a time, over time, you're going to t- end up making a 90 degree turn. So again, Take those opportunities when there is a need for higher quality leads, sales is under pressure. We need need quota. Inadvertently, they always come to marketing because it's an easy scapegoat. Well, marketing is not giving us leads. That's a great time to say, yeah, we're actually working on giving you much better leads. Here's what you can do for us to make that, to accelerate that process. And all of a sudden now we're starting to get that feedback loop. And then the next time you actually look to say, if only you can convert the lead into an opportunity. And now we start tying ourselves further down. So I do think it's all about small steps towards big change. Well, and what I really like about what you're saying is you are advocating for understand what is for understanding what motivates the other party and then leveraging that to get more cooperation. And I think that's so smart. I think that's also why I recommend looking at pipeline and bookings is because if you understand they're already knocking their pipeline number out of the park and they don't feel that they need marketing, you'll start to understand a little bit more behind the behavior. You'll also be able to anticipate when, like you said, Mark, it's easy to blame marketing when you're likely going to walk into a board meeting and get blown up. <laughs> so everyone wins if marketers look at more data. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to meet again tomorrow and talk about why attribution is always wrong. So folks, be sure to tune in for that conversation. See, where can people find you online to, to network? Thanks, Kamala. Um, I find LinkedIn is the place where most uh, professionals hang out these days. 
You can find me on LinkedIn, Jerem McZee, or you can uh, find me on our website, massengines.com. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Revenue Marketing Report. Please tell two friends, subscribe, download, whatever you can helps. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out calibermind.com.